Welcome to Extra Musical, the podcast where we delve into the lives, thoughts, creative process, and hobbies of musicians and other creative artists. If you'd like to learn more about the podcast, visit www.hiddencinemarecords.com slash podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast and everything else going on at HCR, become a patron at www.patreon.com slash hiddencinemarecords. Today, we're joined by Vanessa Perica. She's a composer, arranger, and a conductor based in Melbourne, Australia. Some of her career highlights include winning the APRA Art Music Award and Australian Jazz Bell Award Work of the Year, as well as the Music Victoria Award for Best Jazz Album for her critically acclaimed debut, Love is a Temporary Madness, with the Vanessa Perica Orchestra. You can find out more about her by checking out our show notes, but for now, let's get to the interview. Hi, Extra Musical listeners. You just heard a little introduction on Vanessa Perica, and now she's with us on the show. Thank you for joining us, Vanessa. Great to be with you, Stephen. Thanks for having me. Uh, for the people at home, who is Vanessa Perica? Let's get into it. Like, who are you? Uh, what do you do? Where are you based? Well, I should start with saying I am of Croatian heritage. Um, oh. And I was born in Australia, um, born in Perth, in fact, in the West Coast, one of the most isolated cities in the world. Um, yeah, and I studied music from an early age. I uh, did the, you know, classic classical piano thing from age six, as we all probably did. And then I moved on to the trumpet. Oh, cool. Yeah. And uh, then I entered uh, the West Australian Academy of Performing Arts uh, as a trumpet performance major, studying jazz there. Um, And then I eventually uh, decided to change paths and major in composition and arranging. Um, So, yeah, so nowadays I call myself a composer, arranger and conductor. And yeah, I do that for a living, and it's it's pretty fun most of the time. It's a bit of a roller coaster ride, as most of us know. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 it can be pretty joyous too at the same time. So that's that's what I do. But now I'm based in Melbourne, um, on the east coast of Australia, which um, has an amazing jazz scene here. It's really thriving, and so um, yeah, there's a lot happening, and uh, to keep me inspired. So. Um, yeah, that's where I am, and I'm here with my husband now, uh, who's a sax player as well. So we keep each other motivated, and um, we bounce a lot of ideas off each other. So it's it's really nice to um, experience this journey together. But um, do yeah. you guys ever play? Like I know he plays in your in your large ensemble, but do you guys ever play together in small settings? Like, do you do any small setting playing? No, well, yeah, I, I banded the trumpet pretty quickly after the degree. <laughs> It's a it's a prick of an instrument, if I may say so. Um, if you don't practice it regularly, the embouchure just goes. And uh, so after all the work in the um, you know composition room, that sort of fell away a little bit. So I just I just stick with conducting now. So no, it's not unless we work together in a large ensemble setting. We don't really share the stage together, which is fine. I, I like to go watch him do his small group thing without me. Um, it's good to not do everything together. Like, no, yeah, no, I, I, me and my wife are coworkers. We're both oh, teachers. Wow. Wow. Uh, but like, she stopped playing in large ensemble. I think her, our senior, no, our junior year of college, like that was her last year. So like I had one year of large ensemble without her and then I went to grad school. So I was just so used to like not being in large ensemble with her and then her not doing it either. So it's like, yeah, same thing. Yeah, it's cool. And, like, he loves to play golf and I encourage it because it gives me time at home to work on my writing. I love it. I'm like, so when's the next round? Yeah, 18, play 36. I'll be, you know, working on this idea. It works very well for both of us. So, yeah, it's all good. That's, uh, it's like, a very interesting path from... Uh, from you said Perth was where you originally yes, from. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm I, a typical American. Do not know the layout yeah. of Australia at all. Like okay. Australian cities. Like so, when you said Perth was on the west coast and isolated, I was like, oh, is it? I yeah, is, it yeah. Is. Melbourne and Sydney are on the east coast, right? Correct. Yeah, they're only a, yes. an hour flight away. Yeah, so Perth is like mm, three and a half hours from Melbourne. Um, yeah, but it's it's interesting. It, it was a very small scene at the time, but the amount of amazing musicians that came out of that um, school, like Linda Mahan O, yeah. Roberts, Matt Johnson. Yeah. So it's it was a great time to be studying there. Lots of people to look up to and be inspired by. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize you were uh, that that age group was the contemporary. Oh my gosh, because Troy Roberts. Yeah. Oh, there's this one solo by him that just makes me so happy. He was doing. <laughs> uh, um, 
a class or a master class or a performance with the Emmett Cohen organ trio. And they did a, a thing on Hayburner. And I've wow. just looked at that solo and played through that solo so many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've got so to check so, it out. I'm sure it's incredible knowing Troy. Yeah. 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 Wow. How did I not, like, just, how did that not click? I knew he was from Perth or he went to school in Perth. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, then, yeah, some great jazz people coming out of the Linda Mayhano and then, and then Troy Roberts. And then you are our guest today. Well, uh, I'm nowhere near in that league. Thank you very much. But the, Oh, I'm, I think people I'm, will disagree when they listen to love is a temporary madness and then any other upcoming things that you have. And I feel like we'll talk about that eventually. <laughs> but uh, so like as a composer, you've done mostly large ensemble music, right? Correct, which uh, wasn't my, you know, smartest move financially, but you know, uh, somehow I became addicted to the genre, and here I yeah. am. And uh, yeah, it's good fun, though, as you know. Yeah. So, like, with with the large ensemble idiom, what does your creative process look like? Are you do you do something that's like more so? not like the same bag of tricks, but do you have, what's your bag of tricks look like to compose or like uh, to get yourself into the composing mood? Well, it's, it's probably not very glamorous, but I mean, I just spend a lot of time at the piano. Like I, I sketch out the pretty much the entire composition before I even think about heading to the software, which I use Sibelius. Um, but yeah, I, for me, I am very inspired by the uh, pianist in my uh orchestra Andrea Keller who's just extraordinary uh, her touch her sensibilities and so I map out most, mostly the piano part and then build it out from there and bass oh. um, so I'm very inspired by the voices in my ensemble um, the bassist Sam Manning who spent a lot of time in New York as well um, I've um, been friends with him for over 20 years so um, writing for him is a real joy so I sort of actually start with the rhythm section a lot and build the melodies on top and I'll often use my voice as well um, yeah and, and often in the piano parts the, the melodies will be there in there anyway um, and then yeah I use my voice memo on my phone if I'm out and about and I happen to think yeah. of something that you know it's a lifesaver because uh, often like I'll bang my head against the piano trying to think of ideas and then I'll go for a little walk and be thinking of something else like what am I going to cook tonight and then all of a sudden this idea pops in my head so I'll go oh uh, pull out the phone and and there it is and look sometimes I use it sometimes I don't but sometimes in six months later I'll go hang on what was that idea and yeah and you go back to it yeah yeah so it's I, I never feel like um time on the piano or you know singing is wasted because somehow if the ideas are good enough they'll they'll resurface in in a in a good way so um, yeah, so I just map, sketch out the entire composition as much as I can on manuscript, um, old school, and and then yeah, start inputting into the software. I'd, I'd delay going into the computer as, as much as it takes the romance out of it for me. So <laughs> I, I, it sounds so revolting to begin with, doesn't it? Like, I, so like I, I agree with you. I have my my big yes. sketch pad that I don't remember who I got this from. I think I got this from Dave Rebello. He just like. He had some, and he was like, "Hey, you want some?" Oh. And I was like, "Yeah, it's, sure." It's actually been really um, eye-opening for me to start using that big manuscript because, as a large ensemble writer, just to see how the, all the ideas develop on a bigger page. Yeah, um, yeah I've got the exact same thing going. So, uh, yeah. so my, I, I had one director give me. I think that one is split into two halves, or yeah, two halves with like eight staves on each half, and then I have another one. That's just it's it literally is a large ensemble score. It has uh, like three for saxes, uh, four for brass, and then rhythm section. I never use that one. I don't even yeah, know what it is. No, no, but break like, lines, man. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I don't like. I don't like that it's there because I don't like assigning the instruments to it no, right away. Right. I agree. But like I, I like that. I like that process of sketching a lot of things out at first. I do go to the computer not relatively quickly. I don't write inside the score like. Yeah. I, I feel like I don't, I, I feel like that's, I don't know, the worst way, but, yeah, yeah. but, but like, I, I do go probably quicker than that. That's it. When you say that you get to write around an ensemble, that's not something I have experienced yet. So it's really, really cool that uh, you get to, yeah. I mean, like I, I use a lot of rotating people uh, uh, or, yeah. or, or, like to be able to play in different places, I put together bands in different places. So well, sometimes I've, it's not possible, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's really cool when you have like a friendship over twenty years that you can like be like, oh, well, I I know she's gonna play this, or yeah. I know she likes playing this, or I know she'd sound like playing this. So like, have have you ever like 
rewritten or edited something after hearing them playing it and you're like, or they added something to it and you're like, that goes in it. A thousand percent. After we recorded Love is a Temporary Madness, I went in and edited some of the rhythm section parts to include some of the things they played off the cuff because I loved it so much. So absolutely, um, I trust those musicians implicitly. So um, they brought it to life in a way that I never imagined possible. Like it's just... Yeah, so I, I take as much as I can from them. <laughs> I think that's a real cool part about being a large ensemble leader. I mean, like, you get to write all this black and white on a page, and then all these, these 17, 16, 18 people bring it to life, and it's just like, whoa, this sounds similar to what I had in mind, but it sounds so much better And they lift it another notch. Yeah, you're it's so like... used to hearing it on the software. It's like, <laughs> well, my rule of thumb is that if I, if I like it on the software, then I'm hopefully really going to like it in person when real people yeah. play it. So, that's, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. There are moments where I'm like, oh, my gosh, that hit really hard. And I'm like, wait a minute, if I like it right now, what am I going to feel like when I get in front of a band? And then yeah. I'm like, I kind of dance around a little bit. I do like a happy <laughs> dance. Hey, we've got to take our small wins in this industry, you know, like enjoy those happy, magical moments because it's just a feat bringing together, you know, 17-odd musicians together in the one room. It's just, you know, how much admin is involved. It's crazy, right? I was just talking about this in the earlier recording that I did today where we were like, band leading is great, but also it's not. Yeah, oh, God. Where you're like, can you fill out this doodle form to tell me what hours you're available? Or, like, I registered this. Who can make the rehearsal before the gig? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a a little bit of a nightmare. But that moment when you stand in front of the band and they play the drummies, absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, I ride through it for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there was uh, there was something that I just thought of while you were talking about that, and I was like, oh, in addition to that, and I can't remember it. Think, Stephen, think. <laughs> Cut this out of the podcast because it makes you sound stupid. Or don't because the dialogue's there. Uh, oh, yeah, it was um, – It was you have this ensemble, your, the, your, your jazz orchestra, but then there's another ensemble that I see you conducting that looks like not electronic but a little bit more futuristic in aesthetic. What is that ensemble? Okay, so that is uh, I'm the conductor for the Ministry of Sound Classical Australian Tour, which is a completely unexpected uh, turn of events for me, um, but I absolutely love it. It's literally the most fun you can have on stage, I think, well, that I've experienced in my career so far. It is basically um, uh, the Ministry of Sound label is a a 30-year-old dance um, label from London, very famous. Cool. So all the it's very nostalgic. It's all your hits from your high school and uh, university days, all the bangers, you know. But it's all reorchestrated and reimagined with you know an orchestra, and then we've got a live band and singers, and and then it's the massive laser show, and you know it's it's nuts, like thousands of people screaming to uh, half the time instrumental music, which brings me such joy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's a it's a welcome departure from um, sitting in my little room composing to go on tour every now and then um, and play in front of massive crowds and and conduct these orchestras. We pick up the orchestra in each town as it's uh, it's too expensive to to um, tour. tour <laughs> yes, yeah, so, but we have a touring party of myself and the and the band and singers. So there's a lot of consistency there and. It's just wonderful. It's it's a really joyous, happy thing to be a part of, and it's it's a quite a highlight of my calendar. So I always look forward to the next Ministry of Sound uh, classical gig. It's great fun. So does it only go through? So you're the conductor for the Australian runs. Correct. Yep. So it's one oh. company that runs all the Australian um, performances. Yeah. So I'd like to go further abroad. I'm. If anyone's listening, and <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I don't think this podcast has that reach. I think you're reaching like maybe seven of my high school students, and then fifteen random other people. Maybe never it grows. Steven. I never know, no. <laughs> but like, it's it's really interesting that that you get to have this like kind of dichotomy between like what you've created and then also what you experienced as a younger musical experience in a very similar idiom of large ensemble instrumental music but still like di- completely different it sounds yeah. really fun it's, it's awesome found. i love siri it. <laughs> 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 i was like i'm not talking I, I just realized i don't have my do not disturb on uh yeah uh, so no uh, uh, but the, it's wild the, i had no idea um as a you know uh student at conservatorium 
that I'd be conducting so much. Um, so it's definitely a skill I'm, I'm glad that I, I learned. And, you know, I'm not even just conducting my own music in a jazz sense. I'm doing a lot of uh, projects for other composers, which I, I love as well. I love getting inside other people's music. And, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. It's, it's great fun. Yeah. So when you uh, like, did did you have like a conducting teacher, or is it more like practice, like performance practice that you learned uh, conducting? Uh, both. We had dedicated units at university um, with mm-hmm. a classical conductor. Um, yeah, and we also had to take turns playing under their their direction as well. But um, a lot of the time, you know, um, you conduct as well. It's 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 mm-hmm. learning on the job, right? Just uh, years of experience, you know, um, <laughs> pulling you through and. And just watching other great conductors as well, you know, and um, but I like to try and do my own thing a little bit as well. So it's it's I don't know, it's great fun. I, I'd really, really love to go see like a Ministry of Sound performance, and then watch you conduct that, yeah. and then watch uh, a VPJO performance, yeah, and yeah. then watch you conduct that, and see like what the differences and what the similarities are. I feel like energy would probably drive a lot of that. I mean, cause there's so there's these energetic parts in your music that are so quiet. That's mm. where it's like l- linear energy versus like, I don't know. I would think bombastic, like <laughs> sound energy coming from these large ensembles uh, for the you, ministry of sound. Yeah. I think you've absolutely nailed it. Yeah. That would be the difference, but yeah, I'd love for you to come. You've got to come to Australia. I've never, I've never been out of the Americas before. I've only yeah. gone South too. I've never even been to Canada. So I have a passport, but maybe one day, yeah. yeah. Help me put together an Australian tour, and I'll come. Out, yeah, I'll yeah. Melbourne to to, uh, to Sydney, and then <laughs> my wife would be like, "Are we going? Can we? Can we go?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I'm not going for that." Uh, but yes, uh, Australia has always been a place that I've I've wanted to um, visit. Have you been to the U.S. much? Uh, I've only been to New York once, regrettably. I'm, I'm dying to get back. I absolutely loved it. I was there in 2019, and um, Luck, I got got to see some amazing um, performances, but uh, one that really stands out was uh, Maria Schneider's um, residency at the Jazz Standard over two nights, where she was premiering a lot of this Data Lords music, which is yeah. phenomenal, of course. Um, so that was just yeah, wonderful. So were you there uh, the th- uh, during like November? I was no, that I think no, I was actually there during July. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm like I'm trying to think. She does this she used to do this one Thanksgiving residency, but she also I mean like she would have stuff at the Jazz Standard quite a bit. Uh, that was kinda like her home large ensemble New York place. Uh, yeah, other than busy. It doesn't exist. I know, right? It makes me so mad. I went there once for uh, a Gil Evans uh project uh performance because i studied under ryan for a little bit oh fantastic yeah yeah, he he really kicked my my uh grad school teacher kicked my butt and then after i got out of grad school i was like i want my butt kicked more and then he was like what if i kicked your butt even more and i was like (laughs) oh okay but like uh yeah maria's music is really impactful it's like around the same time i think that's the spring before that is when i got to see her ensemble live for the first time and i was just like oh man that's where it's at, that. huh? Like, that's, right, yeah, that's where it's at. For me, that's the benchmark of uh, yeah. jazz large ensemble, yeah. There's a, uh, there's a couple there's a couple of different people I look to for, for different things, and I, I don't know what it is about Maria's music. I, I, I don't know, man. There, and especially the, the, the journey of it, like going all the way from the dark brooding uh, chromaticism of evanescence to the absolute beauty of Thompson Fields, mm-hmm. to back to this very interesting thought of Data Lords. I mean, Data Lords was was co- a complete one eighty from Thompson Fields for yeah. me. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, no, I, yeah, I, I love the darkness in Data Lords. I, I just thought that direction was uh, the heaviness. I just, I just, it kind of. Yeah. It kind of brought me back to the 90s, like, for her. I was like, but not as, like, I, even Evanescence still was a lot more, like, lyrical than, like, and lyrical light than Dad. Anyways, yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I was going to say, this isn't Maria's, this isn't Maria's episode. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't get all the time. We just like her music. We're talking about Vanessa. Oh, my gosh. <laughs>
so when you're like when you're trying to be productive or trying to be creative and trying to write what's your like biggest biggest like pitfall with that what like keeps you back from that or and how do you overcome that well my my biggest set uh you know uh pitfalls with that is is trying to overcome all the admin that we just spoke about i literally have mm. days where i'm like when can i get to writing my music because i've spent all days all my days you know responding to emails checking contracts blah 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 um so i find that tough and then of course when you go to finally sit down it's like it's sometimes hard to just switch on that creative okay let's be creative in this pocket of you know x hours to x hours so i definitely find it challenging at times but sometimes deadlines don't permit um so but sometimes i work better you know we often work better to deadlines right but uh you know i definitely get um blanks sometimes and i just i try and just walk away if i can and go for walks like just reconnect with nature as much as i can um i interestingly don't listen a lot to music in the middle of a commission if i can help it because i like to try and remain true to my original voice and not be influenced by anything Mm -hmm. else does that make sense and then in between projects i'll have a bit more of a binge and, and listen to other things um yeah, I don't know if that's a bit weird, but uh, I just... No, that's not weird yeah. at all. That absolutely makes sense. I, In reflection, it's not that I avoid listening to music. I don't I don't think I do it as purposefully, but I don't have the the mental space to listen to maybe music. It's it. more so maybe that, that's that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. like, I just, like, when I listen to music, some, um, to be fair, it's not nothing against hip-hop music, but when I listen to hip-hop music, I'm more so into lyricism of the music, and that... I can have a reprieve from listening to instrumental music where I'm like listening more so to the harmony and melody, but mm-hmm. like I can't listen to large ensemble jazz music if I'm in the middle of writing a piece. Oh good. I'm not the only one then. That's no, no. <laughs> I can't listen to the large ensemble if I'm in the middle of writing like melodies from lead sheets and stuff for like trio, but like I, but not if I'm writing for the same size because then I just, I'll get bogged down. Yeah. Yeah, it's too much going on. Like you need to, I need to try and clear out my brain for new ideas to pop in as much as possible. So, but you know, sometimes I like to just cook a bolognese. Like I, I love cooking, so I'll just oh, yeah. so, something like the simple act of like chopping vegetables into tiny pieces and letting them simmer away, and that the lovely smell coming away from the pot, like and simmering for several hours. I get a lot of joy from that. I find that quite cathartic. So. I don't know. I just I, I look to different things to inspire me to reset, to reboot, and then hopefully the ideas will flow. Um, yeah, but I don't have a strict you know plan to get me out of extricate myself from those you know awkward situations <laughs> where I run it run dry of ideas. Um, yeah, but I've, incidentally, I've just taken a little break. I've just uh, finished writing um, my next album, so I've just taken a little break not that i have stopped working in at, at all i've been doing a lot of other <laughs> conducting projects but yeah. you know, working on my stuff so i'm, I'm ready to you know um, reboot now but uh, i think it's it's good to take breaks every now and then um i feel like as freelance artists sometimes we feel pressure to just keep working all the time to stay on top of things um and i've you know i had a period there of 18 months where I feel like I didn't take a day off, like it was nuts. Um, and I got burnt out. So I just, I'm just starting to discover the, the, the joys of, you know, taking some time off and rejuvenating and, and coming back with more energy for the music. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, 18 months, that's a really long time to, to, to not have a break. It that's was, a really long time. Yeah, and and I, I'm not complaining whatsoever because the, the work just kept flooding in and I was very fortunate, um, especially during a pandemic. And um, But it, it was amazing because uh, after the, um, I don't know if you saw that collaboration my orchestra had with the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra. I did, yeah. Yeah, so I, as soon as that happened, that was live streamed on YouTube and on ABC Classic, Simulcast. I, the work was just just flooded in and I couldn't, uh, yeah, I couldn't say no, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that's that's the period where things, I think that was a very life-changing event for me and and I'm very grateful for it. Yeah, but it was was a a 
big time of work for me. So I've just so it's like this dichotomy, this mental dichotomy of like it was a very long period of time with a lot of work. I'm very grateful for that work. Yeah, I I I prayed for that work, yes. but like. But I need a break now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. now I need a well-deserved break. Yeah, no. I mean, like, I, I feel like that that makes total sense to me. Where it's like you don't, you, you don't have to. Not well. I don't, I don't know what to chastise the work that you did to not think that you need the rest from it. Like right. you can enjoy your work as much as you want. Like even uh, a carpenter who loves carpentry and loves making very 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 beautiful chairs is still going to have his hand tired at the end of the day yeah that's right yeah. i love that that's a great analogy yeah absolutely yeah. no i was i loved the work i didn't realize at the time how hard i was working until i actually stopped i was like oh my god <laughs> yeah. yeah did you like have a day where you're like okay what what am i doing today and then you were like wait oh i didn't plan anything <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is this? <laughs> yeah, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> so you earlier when you said you like to take walks, do you live in a place where like it's very walkable or like it has like lots of nature or Um, I live in Brunswick in Melbourne, which is in the inner north. It's about five kilometers away from the city. Do you, do you use kilometers? No, miles. Oh no. Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, this is such this is such an international interview. Yeah, She's yeah. like kilometers i'm like yeah kilometers five kilometers that's exactly 3.12 three miles. miles yeah let's it's 3.12 miles yeah nice beautiful yeah um, about 5k yeah it's, it's a it's a it's a great pocket of town it's a high population of musicians that may perhaps the highest in all of australia I, I i need to double check that but it was definitely at some point of composers and musicians and um but it is a bit of a concrete jungle here. I love it to bits, but we could do with a little more uh, parks and, uh, you know, so I, it, it, it's a bit gritty as well, which it's good. It kind of stirs um, a lot of creativity in me, but uh, I could do with more parklands around here, particularly coming from Perth, which is renowned for the most extraordinary beaches. Um, we used to live near Cottesloe Beach, which I used to go to nearly every day. So, um yeah, I miss the beach, but um, everything around this suburb is is pretty hip uh, and cool. So it's it it's good. I just take little walks around the neighborhood. It's very <laughs> walkable. It's very flat. I like that. Yeah. I'm in a very I'm a, I'm kind of in a different situation here in the U.S. I live in the um, in the eastern shore. <clears throat> sorry, in the eastern shore of Maryland, uh, on the rural side of Maryland. So I'm not near a city at all. Wow. And then I live maybe like 30 minutes from the beach, which is very close for a lot of America. I mean, compared right. to most of right. So we go to the beach all the time, and I wish that I had more city stuff. I wish yeah, it was right. more gritty. <laughs> like yeah, I right. just... yeah, you always want what you can't have, huh? Yeah, yeah. I know. Why well, I, I was on a tour with um, uh, my friend Martha. Um, she was playing piano for the tour, and we were driving, and she was just taking so many photos and videos of, like, a, I, we were about an hour from where I live. And I'm like, oh, what are you taking? All these photos and videos of like the trees and stuff for she's like there's just so much trees we don't have this in new york <laughs> yeah, yeah. i just wish we had all this trees and greenery and i was just like oh yeah whatever it's like, yeah yeah you're <laughs> so used to it but i'm probably doing what martha's doing yeah 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 oh my gosh well i i do understand the the need for for outside and green and yeah it's just that i guess i'm i'm used to it i would love to live in a a green place that also had grit you know yeah yeah that's, that's yeah a, a green gritty green. place yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i'm trying when when you're like um when you're thinking about what you do and uh and people who want to do what you do what's kind of like a personality trait that you would describe uh that's important for a composer conductor arranger I of think, vanessa yeah <laughs> I think self-motivation is incredibly important. Um, sometimes it's hard to keep going, um, especially, you know, I feel like in this industry, I, I hope I'm not the only one, but I sense that uh, you get a lot of setbacks, you get a lot of no's, um, and you have to keep pushing through, which can be challenging at times. So, uh, you know, you have to have strength to push on. Um, yeah, that resilience, um, I think that's the main thing, but... Um, you just more than anything, just have to have to love the music to be in this industry. Um, if you don't, 
you can't be, you know, you can't imagine your life without it, then you probably shouldn't do it because it's it can be a tough lifestyle being freelance and, you know, depending on the next gig coming in. So it's, um, you know, it. but I, I make, I'm painting it out to sound pretty bad. But <laughs> no, I mean, it's I, not necessarily, it's I'm more like a realistic. realistic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, it can just be one of the most extraordinary, wonderful you know, uh, careers to have, you know, it's a, I'm finding it to be absolutely honest, such a roller coaster journey. Like sometimes I'm like, why did I do this? And then sometimes I'm like, Oh, this is why I do it. You know? So, yeah. um, yeah, I just think you have to be incredibly self-motivated and, and have, you know, courage in your convictions and in your ideas and, you know, don't bow down to what you think other people might like in your compositions be true to yourself and, and, and and write for yourself, you know. Don't write for others. Um, but but as I said before, I like to write for the musicians in my ensemble. <laughs> as soon as you said the phrase "don't write for others," I was like, uh, I think I think we need to maybe audience, clarify the audience. As in, don't you know, write for yourself. You know, right? Yeah. yeah. Don't write yeah. for the for the for the vibe of the of what you think might be popular. If it's yeah. not what you want, like yeah. it's okay to want. So, right? Yeah. Like it's okay yeah. to want something to like the thing that's popular, but oh, if it's absolutely. not what you like and want and you, it's not true to what you want, why, why do it? You know? Yes. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. Oh, right. no, I, I, need more, <laughs> I think I need more coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Man, a coffee. So for the listeners at home to uh, schedule this interview, uh, she had to help me with international time. <laughs> uh, it is currently eight thirty-eight PM here on the Eastern standard time. And then I think you're in Eastern Australia time. Correct. So it's around ten thirty here. Yeah. Yeah, ten thirty a.m. She's in a completely which is not bad. You know, it's pretty good. But um, yeah, I could have more coffee. But uh, I literally had to get out the little time, you know, converter on Google to try and figure it out. I just asked Siri how far ahead you guys were. I was like, how far ahead are they? And then she's like, 14 hours. I'm like, I can do that. I can do that math. <laughs> I actually uh, had a, a large argument with a friend in middle school uh, when, when Steve Irwin had passed away. Um, um, the news had him passing away like the next day. Like, and I'm like, no, we heard about it on Monday. It was a Monday. <laughs> I, I remember it was Monday. And they were like, no, it says Tuesday here. I'm like, it was Monday. And then we just remembered that the, there was a whole time difference. That's, it's a that's bit of a trip, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's one it's... thing to be a few hours difference, but to be literally like a different date is, is yeah. weird. To be half a day away. I, I still think about if I was, if someone was in like Hawaii talking to someone in like, I don't know, Eastern Australia. Yeah, yeah, Eastern Australia. They'd be almost a, a complete day mm. away, right? Because they'd be 20 hours ahead. That's, that's crazy. That oh, gosh. Man, it's good to be back in Cleveland. For over three decades, the Bop Stop has served as the home of jazz in Cleveland, featuring everyone from up-and-coming local talent to the legends of jazz. I'm Daniel Peck. Join Gay Pollock and me weekly as we bring you an hour of live jazz directly from our stage on Live at the Bop Stop. But people around the country know how great a club this is. New episodes of Live at the Bop Stop are available every Monday at noon on your preferred podcast provider. So uh, is there anything that you do outside of um, outside of music that you feel either like contributes to your process or just like did you enjoy? I mean, you said cooking before, but like yeah. is there? Well, um, I actually was a really avid um, sport, amateur sports person as a kid. So I, I mean, I'm not doing that so much these days, but I go to the gym a lot. So that yeah. in the morning is the first thing I'll do. So that really um, helps get my mind clearer. <laughs> And keeps me relatively in shape, which I think is important because this is such a uh, sedentary uh, <laughs> um, living as a composer. Um, so that's that's big. But I also love like I love watching the the football, which here is the Australian uh, Football League AFL, um, unique to Australia. So that might be a really new thing for you to hear. But yeah, I'm I, literally I think, about to Google because I don't know what AFL, you mean by if you just Google AFL. So I'm a mad keen Western Bulldog supporter. So on the weekends, my husband and I really look forward to watching the football with a glass of wine and shouting at the team. Um, <laughs> Wait, I'm confused. Is this, this isn't rugby. No. It's not, no, it's, it's Australian football. Like, like we have American football, it's Australian football. It's a similar shaped sort of oval ball. Yes. Yeah. That looks like it hurts. 
It does. Well, I haven't played it. I just sort of did a bit of kick to kick, as they call in in primary school. But I love watching it. I love watching it. Also, like a lot of sports. So that's that's that takes me away from music. I like to just have pure escapism. Um, I also, you know, the odd Netflix binge doesn't go astray as well. <laughs> <laughs> what's your What's your preferred? What do you? Are you like a true crime person? Are you a dating show person? Mm-hmm. Are you a uh, I like, like a comedy I like drama? drama. Okay. Like, like for instance, I've really enjoyed um, the Diplomat. Um, oh, what is? I think I did. I'm trying to remember who's in that. Oh gosh, um, Kerry Russell. She was fantastic. And oh no, I don't think I saw. You have the to say it's fantastic, and um, you know things like White Lotus. I loved. I thought that was. I've fantastic. not watched White Lotus yet. That's on. That's on HBO Max, right? Well, Max. Dude, you gotta watch White Lotus. Everyone and, keeps talking about yeah, that. I've not watched White Lotus. I love it. Yeah, so it's just you know things like that. I do do enjoy. So it's more like drama or um, yeah, a bit of crime. I don't mind, but yeah, that's yeah, that's my guilty pleasure um, for sure. Yeah. Glass of red oh. on the couch, bit of tiny bit of dark chocolate. That's that's what I like to do. Yeah. yeah. When you said you go to the gym, are you more like a cardio person or a lifting person, or like both? Do you just like equally? Uh, uh, yeah, both. I, I uh, cardio on the spin bike. I like to do, and then I'll do a bunch of weights as well. Like, got to keep the arms in shape for the conducting. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, there's um, there's a cardio group out of out of New Zealand that me and my wife love called Les Mills. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I used to do the Les Mills uh, spin training. Yeah, pre-training. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, love their, um, I love their kickboxing classes. Oh. And Cal loves their uh, high-intensity interval training classes that I despise. I wish <laughs> I could burn those classes to the ground. They're like, what if I could just make you feel like absolute garbage for a half hour? Like kickboxing, I'm like, this is so fun. I'm doing so great. And with HIIT training, I'm just like, why does this exist? Why <laughs> do I have to push myself to the max? I yeah. Yeah, it's great. Uh-uh. Yeah, I did the Les Mills spin training for a while there. I loved it. I'm just a bit, I have to say I'm a little COVID conscious, so I don't like the thought of hopping in a small room room when everyone's huffing and puffing. So I've been avoiding that for a little bit. So <laughs> yeah, I would say that, that, that like Australia and New Zealand were definitely way more cautious than mm. the U S was completely. So like we, we, I think our gyms opened back up in fall of 2020, no May of 2021. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think we took a lot longer and to be fair, like uh, Melbourne was one of the most lockdown cities in the world. Um, oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, we were locked down a long time. So it, it, it wreaked havoc on our mental uh, health a little bit, I think, as well. So now I love going to the gym, um, but, yeah, I'm just not crazy about small spaces with, like, yeah. bigger, bigger gyms fine, but, yeah, not the small little... <laughs> everyone going <laughs> those yeah i've seen i i look into our uh i've never been inside of our, our spin classroom uh but i look into it it's very dark and it's yeah. just like that's it seems a little claustrophobic so i yeah yeah I had aside that. from the covid i still would be like oh, i don't know if i want to yeah, yeah yeah do that out here um if there was like something you thought about what you do now in your artistic life when you're thinking about oh man uh 18 year old vanessa she just got out of secondary school she's going to do you guys call it high school or secondary school high school yeah okay she just got a high school she's about to go to college she has her dream of what she wants to be what did you not expect i mean i guess even going into as a trumpet player maybe you didn't expect the composition thing but like even no I was so green. I didn't even really know much about being a composer. I didn't even know what arranging was. I really yeah. was so green. Um, but, uh, I mean, the number one piece of advice I would have given myself at 18, looking back, is to not um, be terribly uh, disheartened when I'd receive setbacks and not take mm-hmm. it too personally because I, whenever I'd get a no, and I got quite a few for a while, I, I took it really hard, like it was a, a you know, a comment on the quality of my work, which now I've I've come a lot more to terms with the fact that it's really competitive to get grants and things like that, um, and there are a lot of factors at play and sometimes a little bit of luck, and I I'm now getting better at at, at learning to cope with those no's, um, so I think it would have been good for me to 
know that a little bit earlier in life. I took it really hard to begin with. And I, now as I get older, I'm getting better. I, I still get a little upset, but I'm like, no, oh, I, well, I, I actually now, I know this sounds terrible, but I actually expect a no because that way I don't get disappointed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, I mean, it's not, it's not terrible, but it is more realistic to the, to the, probable outcome yeah. and then you get like this like nice surprise when it's a, when it is a yes i mean grants grants here to, i don't know if it's the same in the u.s but it's pretty much like a 10 to 12 percent um yes rate to get a grant you know like success rate it's pretty low it depends on what agency that you're uh, applying for so like my local agency it's a high percentage that it's yes only because i'm not I'm the only person in my area doing what I'm doing. Oh. So for them to support my, yeah, I live in a rural area. I'm trying to like, I'll write a grant to bring an ensemble here. I'll write a grant for a project that I'm working on. But like, if it's at the national level, I think 10 to 12% is very generous. Um, yeah. even at, the, at the state level, it's, it, that would be, that would be closer sometime. And because of how they set it up, I could reapply. It's not necessarily like a, a single deadline. So I don't, and yeah, like well, how does, what is the, um, What's the infrastructure for that where you are? Is there like, do you, does Australia have like a Department of Culture? Mm, yeah, yeah. So there's a, the Australia Council, which uh, helped fund my first album, which was like incredible. That was hugely helpful. Um, but yeah, I haven't had success since. So, but what was great about the first time was that I applied the first time, didn't get it. And then they gave me some feedback and I tweaked the application based on the feedback. And then I got it the second time. Um, but it's, I'm finding it these days very hard to get feedback to, yeah. to change the application. So Was it a, a, a annual thing? So you waited a full year and then reapplied or? Uh, six months. So it's pretty okay. good. Yeah, that was, but that was quite a few years ago now. So, um, yeah. It was, so I, I guess. Yeah, I received that funding in like, you know, we actually recorded in 2019. So. Uh, it's it's yeah. been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when, I, when I, when I, when uh, I, you uh, earlier said that you had finished writing, you're about to go into the studio again, right? Yeah, correct. So I'm, I'm really excited to uh, head back uh, into the studio in July next month. So um, yeah, keep your eyes peeled for um, release date to be announced. I'm, I'm, popping it out pretty quickly i'm desperate to get it out of the world i'm, I'm excited I'm, I'm, thank you i'm yeah i'm excited too i, I actually I'm, more than anything i'm just really excited to um reassemble these extraordinary musicians um who i have the great privilege of working with um from all across australia so i'm hugely excited about that because we've been um we've had a lot of borders up with covid so we haven't mm -hmm. been able to work together since the first recording so Oh, wow. Um, yeah, for instance, um, the drummer Ben Vanderwall and saxophonist Jamie Ollers, um, they're in Perth, so I can't wait to play with them again. They didn't get to do the um, projects, unfortunately, with the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra, so I'm I'm really keen to have them back um, in the room with me. And, yeah, it's just it's it's going to be great. And I've got a couple of new faces in there, um, um, some young guns, as I like to call them, who I had the great pleasure of working with Um when I was guest artist with the Australian National Jazz Orchestra, you think they yeah. were, and they were unbelievable. Like uh, all of them were uh, aged between eighteen to twenty-five, and it was an astonishingly high level. Anyway, so I've I've got a couple of um, musicians who were standouts um, now joining the Vanessa Perica Orchestra in Tessio over Myron Sachs and Thomas Voss on trombone. So I, I love having that. Um, the youth, you know, youthful energy in there as well. So, and they're they're badasses. So, um, it's yeah, I'm excited to see how everyone um, collaborates. It's it's going to be cool. I mean, that's really exciting to just be like in the days beforehand. That's next month, right? You said yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, uh, yeah. To just be like waiting for it, and then I think the day after is another one of those days you need to give yourself a large break. Just 100%. To... Yeah. 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 <laughs> what, what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember what we did after the large. I feel like, especially the large ensemble one, uh, I can't remember what we did the day after. I think we, I think we just slept. Uh, <laughs> I remember my husband and I went out to breakfast. We definitely, and we just sort of had a bit of a debrief and just tried to relax as much as possible. It's, it's a huge thing, isn't it? Right. Like to yeah. rehearse up. I mean, 
for me, for the first recording, because I had people coming from interstate, we didn't have a, a lot of rehearsal time. So we, uh, the whole project was done in four days. We played together for the first time um, on the first rehearsal day, day one, and then we had a half half day of rehearsal on day two, and then we recorded days three and four. The, the ensemble had never played together before. So. Oh man! Yeah. <laughs> Whoa! Crazy. Wait! Wait! Pause. So you got all seven of those? Tra- oh wow! Yeah. So they rehearsed that in a day and a half. I I had a little bit more time. I um I've scheduled a three day tour, like mini tour, regional tour that that weekend beforehand and then we record we had a monday break and then we recorded tuesday wednesday so it was just like it was it was like a one rehearsal three public performances slash rehearsals <laughs> i mean in an ideal world i think that's a better approach it's just yeah but it's, it's also hard if you're bringing people in from everyone yeah. was from around the region it was like it's hard when you're bringing people in too. I love the idea of a day off as well. I think that's really nice. But yeah, yeah rest the chops and stuff. I don't want to yeah. be like, all right, why keep fracking that high note, man? <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Well, I just like the, the going back to the, the, what would you tell your 18 year old self? It's like the, the nose and not taking it so personally and not making it a comment on you or your art or its worthiness is, is such a crazy concept to have to get to terms with because it should be obvious Mm. that they're just saying no to you because there's only like one spot or two spots or three spots not because like it's you and it's like hard to 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 learn that over time I I had the same I'm still going through the same personal journey Mm. and I'm hoping that I come to that place where when I receive a no I'm just like yeah okay that makes sense (laughs) I can just keep going (laughs) Like, yeah, I, I, can, I can sometimes see, like, the preview of the email. We, unfortunately, and yep. I don't have to open up this email. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I get so mad when I'm just like, and this email is not good. Like, <laughs> all right, just, like, let's read it. Bandage off, yeah. Rip the bandage yeah, right, yeah. It's like, let's read it right now before I have to, like, do anything else. Sometimes I'm in the, uh, the in-between classes, and I'll check oh. my email, and I'm like, in the next class, I'm just like, hey, guys, what's up? <laughs> How are you guys? (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, I teach high school choir kids. So, like, they, yeah, I teach college too, but my my high school choir kids, most of them do not want to be musicians. (laughs) They just like singing. So, I don't have to worry about discouraging them too much. That sounds great. Really good. Yeah. like have like uh, a mentor in all of your music i feel like uh your spiritual mentor might have been maria from the way you were talking about her but like did you ever have uh like a, a in-person mentor who like helped you get your start absolutely so um when i was at uh west australian academy performing arts i met graham lyle there who uh is a legendary saxophonist composer arranger who ran, uh, at the time, ran uh, Wajo, which is a West Australian youth jazz orchestra. So it was this uh, brilliant organisation for high schoolers to, you know, people in their 20s to 30s um, to, to play um, outside of the conservatorium. Um, but he also had this composers ensemble, the, the Wajo one. Um, so it had big band plus um, orchestral uh instruments as well a bit smaller but it was oh, okay um, so really opened my ears to that sort of writing and I played in that ensemble but um to play his music um it, it he writes such beautiful emotionally charged music that breaks my heart like that's and that's 
what I aspire to, you know, like I love beautiful music. Um, and so through getting to know him, I was like, I want to study under you. And so that meant me becoming a composer arranger uh, major. So um, it's through Graham. I, I don't think I would have become a composer arranger if it not been um, for Graham. So, um, but he, he taught me a lot. He, he, he taught me to listen on a much deeper level, um, particularly to classical music. Um, and so I remember we had some great, great listening sessions there, listening to mainly classical. Um, and, yeah, he just taught me to write without fear. <clears throat> that was a big thing for me, just just going for it and to not be afraid to write beautiful music. So that's a, a thing I still hold um, very close to my heart is my time with him. And, yeah, and, and like most great mentors, it's just their music, just hearing their what they're out yeah. artistically just is like is enough to inspire you. So it's all, all a bit of all of the above. But, yeah, he was instrumental in me becoming what I am today. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I'm very grateful to him. It's always really uh, lovely to hear people talk about people who are special to them in their musical journey because it's like sometimes it's it's I feel like we talk about the Marias and we talk about uh, the Bob Brookbyers of the world and then there's just all these other people who have inspired so much many people as well uh, yeah. but like in a lot more localized uh, a scene I mean like that opportunity just to have a the Wajo. Yeah. Uh, and and the Wager One is that what you called it? Yeah, well, compose Wager Composers Ensemble. So yeah, I mean that's yeah, it was that's amazing. so cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean like that. There there have been other play, people I've heard who had similar things in like different cities where it'd be like uh, a composers ensemble uh, of, of sorts, and it's like to to have that and to see other people writing music and the person that you want to study under and like, Hey, you right there, you're right in front of me. I want to, I want to be like you. Exactly. And also um, be able to play in the section underneath him conducting or playing other composers, like my colleagues uh, music as well, like to be actually playing trumpet in there. And you know, it's, it was a huge, uh, hugely influential period for me. Um, So I'm, that was, that was really great. Man, I that the 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 Australian jazz scene seems like it's a very like I don't know, uh what's the word nurturing uh scene where you guys are just all working with and for each other. I don't I don't know if that's Yeah, I, I think that's very fair. Absolutely, yeah. I think in general it's it's a very positive scene and yeah, I certainly feel very um uplifted by my colleagues. Yeah. It's it's pretty nice, yeah. But at the same time, I look to the, you know the American scene. And I wish I was a part of that. Like I definitely see all the great things that are happening there, and I kind of I, I feel isolated here, to be honest. Um, oh man, I feel I, I I feel like I wish I was a part of the American scene too. Like you are. Yeah. I mean, I, I am, but I am, but I'm not. Like it's 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 so um large mm. that like i mean it's kind of like the way you described the melbourne scene versus the perth scene mm. versus the um sydney scene that's how i think about the american scene like yeah. really i feel like a lot of people the people do travel a lot but like only the biggest names travel a lot and for the most part when i go to a place they have their own scene. like nashville has a scene northeast ohio and pittsburgh have a scene um uh DC and Baltimore have their scene and then like people visit those scenes. But for the most part, there's like these completely different like scenes. So for me, it's not like a U.S. scene. Yeah, right. It's like those micro scenes everywhere. Uh, well, yeah. I, mean, I guess, yeah, that's really interesting. I, I'm definitely, I, I guess as a large ensemble, you know, fiend, I would, I would look to New York and I just think, wow, yeah. I would love to, be a part of that um yeah definitely large ensemble wise new york is where the large ensembles like it's a lot it's so much easier to put together a big band in new york i'm telling you (laughs) each time i go to new york to do a big band show it's just like all right and here's 30 billion saxophonists i can call an amazing saxophonist. Right, exactly. Yeah. They're, like, they're so great. Like, they're, yeah. they're all killing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, the thing that I don't, not that I don't like, but that that is interesting about it, that is that because they're so great and they're also different, that your music sounds different every time it gets played by a slightly oh, right. different band, yeah, that's you know, yeah. versus yeah. like, the pencil one out. So I recorded my stuff in, uh, in Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania, where I'm from. 
and with a, like a band from that area. And I'm very used to hearing them play the music. They started playing the music. I've always played with them for the most part. But then around that, I played in New York, Nashville, uh, the DC area. And yeah, yeah. And, and back there and like between those four scenes, it always sounded different. Like something sounded, something went well, something didn't go well like that. And it's like, so it's so interesting. So when you, you were talking at the beginning of the podcast about like really, really writing for that one person, I'm like, yeah, I, I done that to an extent, but I still keep it more general because like, I don't know where, but that's very practical. Because you have it played by so many different lineups. I mean, but if I were to be honest, I write with the intent of writing for my orchestra, but then those pieces inevitably get played by other lineups. Yeah. So it's okay to, for me to be inspired by those musicians first and then it, let it be interpreted by others. I think that's. I agree. Cool. Yeah. I mean, and it's yeah. cool that, like, and it's not like the people playing it, if they weren't those people, wouldn't play the thing that you wrote, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so it's cool that you still get inspired by those people. And and a lot of composers that I really, really respect have said the same exact thing, uh, where they're like, I when I write, or I've seen even seen scores that don't have instruments, they have names. Names. And like that that is so cool to me, where I'm just like, Oh, that's really sweet and like very family like. Uh but I'm trying to sell this chart, but Uh, You're going to have to change those names eventually. Yeah, yeah, I know. Lee Trump, it's uh, James, but uh, James has got to go. Lee Trump, (laughs) Trump won. I think that's why I I got away with um, such little rehearsal time is because a lot of the musicians who are in the lineup I've known for 20 and worked with for 20-plus years, so I wrote with them in mind. So I hopefully, I hope they'd agree that it, it suited them, you know, so... You know, it's it helps a lot, but it's yeah. it's not necessary, and it's very cool to see other people interpret. Definitely. Yeah, I you know I really would like I uh, I feel like you and your husband should like fly over to the U.S. Bring all your charts. I want to hear your charts live. Uh, like I'd love to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That really that would be cool. I'd love to do that. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Funds. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, fun, right? I know that's the whole problem. It's just oh getting God. to the place when someone can comp- like create a teleportation machine that doesn't <laughs> accidentally displace our limbs as we go <laughs> from one place to the other, which is my fear about teleportation machines. <laughs> then, then, then all this, all this localization wouldn't matter. But actually, I, I don't. I have no clue what would happen. But I always <laughs> pipe dream about that. So it's like oh I could God. just pop to Melbourne and then. That would be Here. fabulous, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just know that the, the um, flight prices for international travel are just crazy. At Absolutely moment. ridiculous. Once you're in the area, it's not yeah. terrible. Actually, the U.S. U.S. flight prices, like in from U.S. city to U.S. city, suck. Uh, uh, like, I'm I, like, how much is it? Uh, this is for the podcast, guys. I I literally don't know. To uh, from Perth to Melbourne. Melbourne, and then I'm gonna do flight. Uh, oh no, it's like it's about that. Nope, they're 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 not great either. No, no. <laughs> oh gosh, I'm not it's painting so... a great picture. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, no, they're not great either. Oh my gosh, we fl- the airline industry. You guys have a hold on us, and I think you know it, and it's <laughs> it's dumb. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, with that. it's not good. No, hopefully it's not stamped out very soon. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just maybe uh, high speed railways. They'll, mm. yeah, I'm gonna make them go down because I'd love to be able to travel more, but like without people, like it's impossible. Like even to do like a uh, a big band tour where you're taking yourself everywhere, it's almost impossible to recoup the funds of flying yourself. Yeah, like yeah, if you, just yeah. just you to yeah. the U.S. Yeah. It would be almost impossible to recoup those funds unless it was, like, funded by something. Man. It would definitely like people... be a for the love um, and for, uh, what do they call it, Ex- exposure. <laughs> for the expo- Oh, my gosh. That word. Yeah, it yeah, sounds yeah. like every tour I've ever put together, it's for the exposure. <laughs> and I was like, I don't feel like, I feel like someone should arrest me the amount of times I'm trying to expose myself on these tours. I just want money. Like, not, not I don't want listeners. No, I'm not just, in it for the money. No, but like, breaking even would be good, right? Right, yeah, breaking <laughs> even would be great. <laughs> I'm telling you, I feel like I'm bleeding out the amount of bread I'm in sometimes. Uh, it's It's great, though. 
It's great. Yes, it's, it's, right. The we music. What? No, really though. When they, when when you're there and you're, the music's happening and stuff, you're like, this is this is that stuff. This is yeah. this is awesome. And also, getting to hang with your friends on the stage is pretty cool. Yeah, I would. I feel more about that with my smaller groups because mm-hmm. it's a lot more. I feel a lot more interactive yeah. there. Like when I'm conducting, I don't know about you, but I'm very like zone focused on everything yeah. happening. That it, it just seems like it. Post show drink, maybe I'm talking. About. Oh yeah, no, the post <laughs> hand. The, there was this big band show that me and three friends uh, split a bill on. We called it the Pop Up Big Band. Oh yeah. Um, and we split a bill. We put together a band between all of our friends. Um, and uh, afterwards, we went to this bar, and two breweries were having a competition over like who would win uh, like best beer. So oh. they were just handing out free beer. The oh. entire band just drank <laughs> with for free. Unbelievable! Well, it was in New York. I, I had to, I think I had like six beers, and I was like, it was free. It was crazy. I, I'm sure it was well deserved. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was. It was it, you know what? Actually, it was one of the easiest yeah. big band gigs I've ever had in my life. Because oh, <laughs> yeah. it was like oh, I'll conduct my two pieces, and then... oh, fantastic. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> no stress. <laughs> um, for for the people who uh, who want to keep in uh, in contact, oh, they're not gonna. Well, maybe they can. But the people who want to like follow you, uh, figure out what you're doing, and keep an eye out for that second uh, album. It's called "Hate Is a Forever <laughs> Happiness." No I'm kidding. That's just the that's the opposite of her first album name. But for for the people who are at home that's and want to <laughs> keep in contact with you, uh, where can they find you online? Um, a few places. So Instagram's probably um, the easiest. Um, just my name, Vanessa Perica, pretty easy to find. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and my website is www.vanessaperica.com. Oh, that's so great with like these individual names where you're not named, not named like, I don't know, Amy Smith. Yeah. So like, you don't have to. How did you go with your uh, domain name? Mine is Stephen P. Harvey because Stephen Harvey was taken by a man in Scotland. I know it's a man in Scotland because people uh, quite often forget the P in the middle of it. And they mail me, quote unquote, stuff. But it goes to that guy and he forwards it to me. uh, And he's the nicest man. Uh, But uh, there's an American celebrity named Steve Harvey. I don't know if you're aware of him. Uh, yeah, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So unfortunately, I have to always go by my full name. Or people get confused about what the the show is. I've oh, had yeah. people out loud be like, "Oh, I thought it was Steve Harvey, and you're not." <laughs> I'm like, "Yes, no. I the the picture of me up front was not Steve Harvey." So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, like, I like the P. It's a point of distinction. It's great. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I actually, I really love, uh, I really love my name. Like I, I'm, you, I don't know. Like I feel like some people go by their middle names because they don't like their first name or like yeah. they like a nickname better than their full name. I like my full name. It's nice. I like it. It's got a good yeah. Name to it. Yeah. Everything Thank flowing. you. Yeah. Oh, Vanessa Perica is a, a, a cool name too. Is yeah, that your no, married name or is that your? No, that's my maiden name. I yeah, it's a cool name. Yeah. Yeah. okay is there uh while we're wrapping up uh is there anything you wish i'd asked you before Uh, we go no i think you uh were pretty thorough no i I, no i had a great time chatting with you it's actually really rare to speak to another composer it's really nice to be able to bounce off each other in this way so it's been great thank you i think the listeners who have listened to more than one episode are probably like kind of annoyed that i keep that they're like we want to listen to the person stop relating Stephen. and i'll be like yeah 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 yeah." so i like it because it's a lot more conversational so it's it's lovely thank you I really appreciate your time to, to uh, sit back and have this conversation. When I was listening to Love is a Temporary Badness back in 2020 and in the height of the pandemic, never did I think I'll have a one-on-one conversation with Vanessa one day. Oh. Like you were like too, you were too cool at that moment for me. Oh, but you were very responsive on Instagram, like almost immediately. I was like, I love this album. And you were like, oh. thanks. I was like, oh, hey, look, the person. <laughs> You're very sweet. Thank you for all your support. And uh, wishing oh, you all the course. best with all your fabulous uh, touring and yeah, your output is extraordinary. So I'm tr- I'm trying. I I have I have a trio thing that I want to record this summer and uh, uh, another thing coming out in September. It won't be as good, but oh, <laughs> it's it's not it's not uh, a downplay on it's a downplay on on just 
I'm trying to get myself playing more. And for my listeners at home, like you might know me as a composer and a sax bonus, but like I heavily go towards the composer part way more. And I'm trying to find my way back to saxophone. And that might come with like, you know, a less than stellar output, but it's, 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 I'm sure you're being very humble. I'm sure it'll be amazing. So I look forward to hearing it. I appreciate that, and I appreciate you and your time. Uh, this almost said this evening, but I guess this morning for you. Yeah, it's eleven uh, ten a.m. So uh, it's eleven. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. Get another coffee, and uh, for everyone else uh, who's listening on uh, Extra Musical, stay safe and stay musical. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Extra Musical. Extra Musical is a Hidden Cinema Records production. Please be sure to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you get your podcasts and look out for future episodes. Bye for now.